You may have heard of many of the largest empires in world history. The Romans, the Mongols, the British, the Persians, the Incas, and the Byzantines. That last empire, however, the Byzantines, never actually existed. How can one of the world's greatest empires never have existed? Learn more on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode of Everything Everywhere Daily is brought to you by G-Adventures. G-Adventures is the world's premier small group tour operator, offering tours in over 100 countries and on all seven continents. In addition, G-Adventures has been a leader in the area of responsible tourism helping to establish social enterprises around the world. When you travel with G, you not only get to explore the world, you also get to help the people in the communities you visit. And I speak from firsthand experience. I've personally visited over 40 countries on all seven continents with G Adventures. And I can attest to their high standards and the quality of their tours. To learn more about G Adventures and to find a tour that's right for you, click on the link in the show notes. The Byzantine Empire had as its capital the city of Constantinople, what is now modern-day Istanbul. History books will tell you that the empire lasted over a thousand years. Under the Emperor Justinian in the year 555, the empire reached its greatest extent with territory around the Mediterranean, Egypt, North Africa, the Balkans, and the Levant. Over its millennium of existence, they had over 94 different emperors, and it was the center of Orthodox Christianity. Over time, the empire shrank. By the time of its final defeat, the fall of Constantinople in 1453 to the Ottoman Turks, the empire had dwindled to what is today parts of eastern Turkey, Greece, and some of the Balkans. With all of that history, how is it possible to say that the Byzantine Empire didn't exist? It's actually pretty easy. At no point in their 1,000-some year history did they or anyone else ever call themselves Byzantines or referred to their empire as Byzantium. They considered themselves Roman. 
The Byzantine Empire was really nothing more than the continuation of the Eastern Roman Empire after the empire in the West fell. In every real sense of the word, the Byzantine Empire was the Roman Empire. You can draw a direct line from the Byzantine emperors to the Emperor Augustus, Julius Caesar, and the Roman Republic. So how did this come about? Why don't we just call it the Roman Empire? To understand how the Roman Empire kept going until the Renaissance, we need to go back to the Roman Emperor Diocletian. By the time Diocletian became emperor in the late 3rd century, the Roman Empire had become very large and very difficult to centrally administer. Sending orders and getting updates from distant corners of the empire could take months. In the year 293, Diocletian devised a new system for the Roman Empire, whereby it would be split into two parts, east and west. Each part of the empire would be led by a senior emperor called the Augustus, and a junior emperor with the title of Caesar. The system was known as the Tetrarchy. Diocletian was established himself as the Augustus in the east, and his top general Maximian was the Augustus in the west. This system lasted for about only 20 years, as rivals and claimants fought each other for power after the death of Diocletian. In the year 312, the two parts of the empire were unified once again under the rule of Emperor Constantine I, as we know him as Constantine the Great, who established a new capital city for the empire, a city he called Nova Roma, or New Rome, and eventually became known as Constantinople, the city that bears his name. After the death of Constantine the Great, the empire split once again into two parts, and this is the first possible starting point for the Byzantine Empire. Constantine is sometimes considered the first Byzantine Empire because he founded the city of Constantinople and legalized Christianity in his empire, but he was, in every sense of the word, a true Roman emperor. After Constantine, there were attempts to reunify the two halves of the empire. The Emperor Theodosius was successful in reconquering the Italian peninsula and was the last person who could lay claim to being the emperor of a united Roman Empire. Upon his death in 395, he split the empire between his sons Arcadius in the east and Honiaris in the west, and after that the empire was never unified again. The year 395 and the final split of east and west is also sometimes used as a starting date for the Byzantine Empire. In the year 476, the last emperor of the West, Romulus Augustulus, was killed and replaced by a king of Italy, a barbarian by the name of Flatius Odoacer. In 476, the date is usually given by most history books as the fall of the Roman Empire. In reality, it was anything but. If they had newspapers back then, there never would have been a headline saying, Roman Empire Falls. To the average person living in Italy, it was just one ruler replacing another, which had been going on for centuries. As you can guess with a name like Flavius, Odoacer was very Romanized, even though he was considered a barbarian. While he stylized himself a quote-unquote king, he considered himself subservient to the Roman emperor back in Constantinople, the emperor Zeno. He sent the Rome the robes of Romulus Augustulus to Zeno, and Zeno even had coins minted showing Odoacer ruling Italy under the name of Zeno. I mention this because even after the Roman Empire supposedly ended, the people that took over still considered the empire as an ongoing concern. 476 is also sometimes used as a starting date for the Byzantine Empire as well, as it coincides with the end of the empire in the West. 
The reason why it's so hard to pin down a starting date for the Byzantine Empire is that there was never any single event you could point to to say that it was a starting point. It could be considered the founding of Constantinople, it could be considered the death of Theodosius, or it could be considered the fall of the Western Empire. Either way, it was just the Roman Empire chugging along like it always had, just a bit different. While we can't put a date on when it started, we can certainly put a hard date on when it ended. And that happened on May 29th, 1453, when the Theodosian walls of Constantinople were breached for the first and only time, and the last emperor, Constantine XI, was killed, and the city was conquered by the Ottoman Sultan, Mehmed II. So if this empire was really just the Roman Empire, why do we call it the Byzantine Empire? It's basically something which was devised by Western historians to distinguish the Greek-speaking Christian empire centered in Constantinople from the earlier Latin-speaking pagan empire centered in Rome. The first use of the term Byzantine was by the German historian Hieronymus Wolff, who in 1557, a hundred years after the fall of Constantinople, published a work called Corpus Historiae Byzantinae. In the Islamic and Slavic worlds, there was never really a distinction. The Islamic world referred to it as Milit-i-Rum, or the Roman nation, and the term was used to describe all Orthodox Christians in Muslim lands well into the 20th century. The name Byzantine comes from the word Byzantium, which was the name of the small town that existed in the location where Constantinople was built. So strong was the Roman identity among the people we call Byzantines that it wasn't until the 18th and 19th century when people in today what is Greece stopped calling themselves Roman and started referring themselves again as Greek. In fact, as late as the early 20th century, some researchers found people on what are today Greek islands who still called themselves Roman. This Roman heritage exists to this very day in the name of the country, which uses the exact same name that the Byzantines use to describe their own empire, Romania. This is a brand new podcast, and as such, it can really use your support. If you know someone who is curious and you think would like the show, please share it with them. And if you've enjoyed the show, Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, where you'll get new content for curious people every day in your podcast player. And leave a five-star review. More reviews can help the show be discovered by more people. And also, please support the show over on Patreon, where you will get exclusive audio content not available in the podcast feed, merchandise such as t-shirts, and you'll be able to submit ideas for future episodes. Until next time, stay curious.